0: Are What's you the... at kenny rogers now or no that's your no
1: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's just my display name it's still at ken state bar but is rogers no, your middle dog. name so i don't even know no the... you don't know who kenny rogers is the no. gambler no what i'm Jesus i'm a deer in Christ headlights buddy i'm a deer God. in headlights anyways kenny rogers very infamous country singer <laughs> And also, just what the O-Dog has deemed my nickname. He just keeps calling me Kenny Rogers, or referring to me in the third person as the gambler, so. O-Dog. He was roasting me the other day on Overdrive on, uh, on Labor Day because I shot him a text message during the show. No way. I have to say something. Kenny Rogers, I know you can hear this right now. Don't ever text me on my personal phone. He just texted me and said, I'm doing updates, guy. <laughs> I love it good man Kenny He's in there working (laughs) (laughs) He was roasting me on air man I was at work doing the updates And he was saying that I got the day off So I had to defend my honor Not another Leafs podcast New episodes Mondays on the Hockey Podcast Network
2: I'm Corey Crenshaw
0: I'm Richie Suave
1: Flores
2: And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave
0: (laughs) On the Hockey Podcast Network (laughs)
2: Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It's a great time because the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals has begun. So, you know, we're going into the probably the most exciting part of the NHL season. And in even better news, the Arizona Coyotes have officially selected a GM. And Richie and I are pretty happy about it. But before we get into that... My wonderful and amazing co-host is with me as always. Richie, how you
0: doing? Hello. I beat you in the poll last week.
2: This is ridiculous. The fact that people like, uh, <laughs> I was about to call it caramel corn. This is this is how I don't even like, I can't even, uh, candy corn. There we go. Um, the fact that people like Candy corn is disgusting. I can't believe that this is actually a thing. And I normally don't shame people for things, but oh, oh, no, 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 no.
0: The results were 52% yes and 48% no. So it was close. It was close. But but yes, ended up winning. It me my side.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that there's more of you out there than than I thought, I guess i'm glad for you i mean it was very disappointing to hear that you and cat both mm-hmm. are on the candy corn train i mean i i got to talk with scotty and fern afterwards um and i would say that they both hate candy corn so it was funny because after that you you were basically in your support group and i was in my support
0: group afterwards <laughs> That's Yeah, that's funny. That's 100% true. But, I mean, like I said last week, I don't go out of my way to eat it. Like, I don't go intentionally to the store to buy candy corn every Halloween. But if someone gives it to me, I'll eat it. And it's perfectly fine.
2: Yeah, I just, that was never one of my things. Like, I loved getting candy on Halloween. And there's a bunch of different candies that I was always, like, super psyched for. And candy corn was just never one of them. And I just don't think it ever will be. And I don't, I don't think peeps will ever, will ever will be really either. So there's plenty of other things for me to eat. If they were the last thing for me to eat, I mean, they don't have a lot of nutritional value. So I would probably die if they were the last thing I had to eat. But I mean, I would eat them if that was like all I had left.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you about the, the peeps. I did I'm although I do like peeps, I I did a competition one time on the freaks where I had to stuff as many of them in my mouth as I could.
2: Were you doing like the chubby bunny thing?
0: I have no idea what that is, but that wasn't that wasn't it. I don't it was it was just I just wanted to see how many I could put in and I think it was like four. I probably could have done more. But you, I was like, I was like I need to, I'm just going to stop here before I choke.
2: You've never seen anyone do the Chubby Bunny thing? It's where you put as many marshmallows in your mouth as humanly possible, and then you say Chubby Bunny. So you put one in your mouth, you say Chubby Bunny. Oh, that's mouth, say, what it is. Bunny.
0: That's and marshmallows, that's, though. That's different than Peeps.
2: But aren't Peeps just like fancy marshmallows?
0: They're sugary, very sugary marshmallows. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're fancy marshmallows. And they're just bigger. I mean, they they're not yeah. in the same you know size type situation. but like, yeah, like
0: I said, it's pretty much all sugar. It's just like it's I don't even know how peeps are made, but it's like ninety five percent sugar.
2: I don't know how you weren't bouncing off the walls. The way you are as a person is like as soon as you get enough caffeine and sugar in you, you're like bouncing off the walls. I don't know how. And That didn't get you like going full throttle,
0: because I didn't sw- I didn't eat them. Oh, that's I, put them in my- I put them in my mouth, and then instead of trying to eat them and swallow them, all four of them I put in my mouth, I just decided to i didn't I think I just spit them out <laughs> into the trash can
2: <laughs> well, that's what you you may have gotten sick and thrown up if you hadn't, so it's probably the best option anyways, to be honest with you because. Um, I I mean I would I would have totally just like thrown them up I don't know how I've always had a really hard time with like really really sugary things I don't know how I survived like being 21 and just tanking really sugary drinks because like I don't know how I wasn't just sick all the time from them because literally things that normally don't make people sick like it makes me sick if I have too much sugar
0: and but the thing about peeps though is like if I'm not careful, and usually I'll get them around Halloween, or or for Easter obviously, and my mom will give them to me, and she'll give me the the pack of they come in like packs of twelve, and they come in like little little obviously little flights of four kind of in each little each little um, shelf I guess or whatever the frick you want to call them. And I can plow through like an entire thing of four of them like super quickly if I wanted to, but, um, and they're, they're delicious. They're perfectly fine. But again, it's one of those things that you just have during their seasonal thing. You have them one time and you're good. And then the best, like my favorite ones aren't the regular ones, but there's some that have like, they're like different flavors. And I think last year I had one that was like vanilla or something with chocolate on the bottom those were good.
2: I like the fact that you refer to them as like a flight, like as if you're sampling like wine or beer.
0: Yeah, I don't know how else to refer to them as, but yes.
2: It just it just made them sound fancier. I, I think that peeps would very much appreciate the fact that you phrased them that way because they sounded a lot bougier that way than they actually are.
0: We actually once did... On an episode of the Freaks, we had somebody come in studio with um, either spirits or beer, one of the two, and paired peeps with the beer or spirits or whatever it was they brought in. Oh, wow! Which why? is why we had, which is why we had the leftover peeps so for me to do the see how many I can in my mouth challenge. That's,
2: that sounds terrible, absolutely terrible.
0: I don't think – and I wasn't able to partake in that particular day because I was – I think I was running the board that day. And for those of you who don't know, you can't drink while you're running the board for a radio show because that's a guess against FCC rules. So I couldn't do it that day. and um, But I ended up doing the, the challenge afterwards, I think, or the next day or something. And the video is online. I believe it's up on either the Fox Sports 910 Facebook or the Freaks Facebook page. Uh, if you want to be grossed out by me trying to shove a bunch of sugar in my gullet, have fun with that.
2: Yeah, I I mean more power to you. As for the whole tasting it with alcohol, it sounds absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible.
0: It does. And speak speaking of alcohol, I'm not drinking this week. I don't I'm I have a Mountain Dew with me right now. Um, and that's why I'm drinking right now. Cause I woke up from my nap a little bit ago and I was like, I need some caffeine. Not, I don't need, I don't need like a beer or wine or whatever. So no booze on this week's episode, unfortunately. Uh, maybe next week though, maybe next week.
2: I am currently not drinking either. I, I had red wine last night though. So there's something.
0: I did. Yeah, I did too. I had a, a delicious, I had delicious, Red Blend, it was, oh my god, it was so good. Uh, Again, from our uh, friends at Knocking Point, I had that last night, and it was quite delicious. But not tonight. Booze-free tonight, because we have a lot to get to, Coyote stories-wise. Which is crazy, because last week, we were joking about how there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of news in the Coyote's world. But now it seems like all the Coyote's news hits in the same week. And it begins, of course, with, as we speculated on our last episode, that the Coyotes would name their general manager this past week. They did a name that really hadn't come up prior on our show, at least. We thought maybe it would, it would be a Steve Sullivan or a Sean Burke, somebody like that. But the new general manager of the Coyotes is Bill Armstrong. He was formerly with the St. Louis Blues, won the Stanley Cup, obviously, last season. He was their assistant general manager for a couple seasons, and he's been he was with that organization for – well over a decade he began back in 2004 so so on paper Corey bill armstrong looks like a, a really nice hire for this franchise
2: oh yeah i mean it was like you said it was someone that we weren't expecting per se we were it wasn't really on our short list but um it's still a really great hire in my book i mean it's a the fact that you know he has been with that team for so long and then he in 2018 he got that promotion to being the assistant GM as well as the director of amateur scouting um which is what he was before that so he um he was named as the director of amateur scouting in 2010 so it was 2018 when he got that little um, extra bump to his title but he has a great resume and they seem to be very excited about it um when When uh, Xavier Gutierrez, the CEO and president of the Coyotes, was asked, he said, we are very excited to welcome Bill to the Coyotes as our new general manager. We were extremely impressed with his experience, vast hockey knowledge, great ability to assess talent, and his tremendous tremendous draft record. Bill is a proven winner who has strong work ethic and is a good communicator. He is a man of integrity and we are confident that he is the right person to build a winning culture here and lead our hockey operations department into the future and he had said in response to everything i am extremely grateful to mr morello um, alex morello jr and xavier gutierrez for this opportunity we have a great ownership we have great ownership that is committed to winning a very good core group of young talented players and a passionate fan base i'm excited about our future and the opportunity to build this team into a perennial playoff contender I really hope um, that is the case. I mean, he had helped the the Blues in getting key players for the 2019 Stanley Cup, such as, like, Jordan Bennington, um, Joel Edmondson, uh, Colton Pareko, and uh, Robert Thomas. So, you know, like, he has the ability – he has been part of a team that has achieved success, and I think – It's going to be very difficult when he's coming in here, basically, you know, with all of the sanctions that came down on them with the draft picks and, you know, Chica leaving like he did and all of the other issues, like we'll get to some of the financial issues that the team is having later, but like, um, you know, those type of issues. And then also a cap issue, you know, the team really doesn't have much cap space, so that's the other thing that he's going to have to to toy with. How are you? How is he going to get um, get rid of some vets that are taking up some cap space by getting good return for that? And and how are you also going to get back some of those draft picks that you lost out of something that he wasn't even around for, or wasn't even a part of? So he's apparently uh, basically just coming in and has to be the person cleaning up and kind of trying to do crisis management for something that wasn't even his problem.
0: And did you catch the the line in that statement you read off the top there about how Bill Armstrong is a man of integrity? Did oh yes. I, th- I
2: saw that right away. I caught that. They, uh, they're still a little salty and they're from the uh, Chica thing and saying, you know, cause he was that he quit on them. So, um, yeah, I definitely caught that.
0: Yeah, and that was that was an interesting little little jab there, but yeah, you pretty much nailed everything about Bill Armstrong's resume there and and the most important thing for me is the fact that he was first and foremost a scout. That's where he made his hay in the Blues organization. He was a key piece in their draft strategy. Like you said, he drafted all those players that you had just mentioned. And what is the one thing that the Cowboys have struggled with over the last – I mean, really, since their entire history is their draft strategy. And they have never been able to find in the draft that, you know, guy, for lack of a better phrase. They've never been able to find their version of what – the Tampa Bay lightning have done, which is pretty much draft their entire roster or the Colorado avalanche, which is half their roster were guys that they drafted. And, um, and there's a couple of guys on the, on the, on the Dallas stars too, who were drafted by that team and and are still there. So that was the most important piece to me is that that's why they hired him because that's what the Cowboys need the most is they need, they need, to rebuild their franchise through the draft. Unfortunately, they're not going to be able to do that quite yet because of, like you said, the sanctions. So that's the fascinating thing to me here is is he's coming into a situation where he is expected to be a a great amateur scout, but the Coyotes don't have the draft picks to do it. And so the only way they're going to get those draft picks back is by making a lot of trades and by making moves and the crazy thing is is that Craig Morgan had this little nugget I don't know if you caught this during the week or not Corey but essentially because it's so close to the draft apparently the Blues and Coyotes worked out a an agreement to where Bill Armstrong is not going to be with the Coyotes for the draft basically for whatever but that because of the they're because it was so close to the draft is that he's not going to be in the county's room when they draft basically like he's he's basically not going to be able to take over full time until after after the draft is over so he'll be around for free agency but I'm curious to see if he's able to recoup any of that draft capital that they lost by making some trades which we'll get to in a little bit there's been some big time rumors this week about players who might be on the move.
2: Yeah. I had no idea about any of that. That's, that's kind of crazy. That kind of that really kind of sucks because you got to think uh, for someone like him, he's going to need to be coming in and um, making decisions quickly and basically going into crisis mode, like off the bat. So the, I had no idea that I hadn't read about that. Um, but that's a very interesting bit of information for sure. But yeah, there's been a ton of, of rumors swirling around about places that uh, players might be going to, and one of which we have talked about multiple times about the fact that the Coyotes need to deal him off. I mean, uh, OEL takes up um, 8.25 over the next seven years, so um, he is definitely one of the ones that we are saying that needed to go and he is being rumored of possibly going to either Boston, Calgary, or Edmonton. And uh, that was just like the main ones that they want to say, but they still think that there are a lot more teams that are interested in him. It's just going to be interesting in these talks, what they're going to get back for him because as much as he apparently he's number two on the athletics list of the top trade targets, but like it's, that's all it's, he's a lot of money to like take on for one. And two, he hasn't really proved himself much as of recent. Like I said, I think once he gets somewhere else, it's going to be a a, a different story for him. I think he's in a bit of a rut here, but it's going to be very important if OEL gets dealt that basically the team doesn't get pennies back for him because you need more than just clearing his paycheck, essentially out of, um, out of your cap. There needs to be a lot more that comes back for him.
0: Uh, are you, you're talking about Oliver of in in that case? Oh uh, yeah. Or sorry.
2: I, I felt like I mentioned his name earlier, but that I may have forgotten that I was, I was trying to like make it a surprise and then I lost myself along the way. Uh, Sorry, people. It's, it's been a long week.
0: Yeah, so OEL, I think oh, I'll start with OEL first because you ended on OEL there. But And I mentioned this on the show before. I don't think they're going to get a big return for Oliver ekman I mean, if I were a team, and there's been some some teams connected to OEL. I, I've seen Boston um, connected to Oliver, Calgary, Edmonton, all connected to Oliver Oliver larsen And... It makes sense. Like Edmonton needs needs a defenseman, right? Um, Boston is in a position where you know they don't know the future of Zadino Chara, um, and he would possibly be. Uh, you can't, I mean, he can't replace Zidane Chara, obviously, but he would at least fill uh, that spot on their blue line there. But as far as OEL is concerned, I don't know if they get much back for him because of his contract unless they are able to find a way to retain some of that salary, like I said, then maybe you can make a move for a a player, but I don't know if that's going to happen because this contract is, is ridiculous. Like $8.25 million for a guy who is a, a, you know, a, I don't want to say average defenseman, but more or less he is, you know, getting 40 points a season. That's, an average middle of the lineup defenseman. And that's not eight and a half million dollars worth of salary, obviously, in in my opinion. And then quickly on Darcy Kemper, we brought him up a lot. I'm curious again, because it's the winds are seemingly blowing that he is gonna be gone this this offseason here. And we've said it on the show before, I think that would suck. But again, it it makes sense. If if you know you're gonna lose the next two seasons. While you still have Darcy Camper under contract, what's the point of keeping him around, right? Unless they're able to make some other moves to where you feel like you're still going to be in contention for the playoffs. So that's the why. That's why they're going to trade Darcy Camper. They're going to trade Darcy Camper at his max value. I think he's, he could get a big return uh, from some teams because he's he is a Vesna Trophy candidate. He probably was going to be a nominee for the Vesna Trophy if he didn't get hurt this season. And you could say the same thing about the season prior, too, where I think you got robbed of the visit nomination. But Calgary, Carolina, Chicago, Edmonton, and San Jose are the teams that have checked on Darcy. And, you know, I think Edmonton makes a lot of sense, in my opinion, for Darcy Kemper. And I think they have a lot to give up there, you know. And if I'm the Coyotes, I go to Edmonton and I say, listen, here's what we want. We want a first-round draft pick. We want Ryan nugent hopkins and a deal. And then you maybe try and get uh, another one of their lower tier defensemen basically in, in that deal too, maybe. Um, but that's what I would ask for in Darcy Kemper. And if I'm going to Edmonton is you got to give me Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be a perfect fit for the Arizona Coyotes, in my opinion, former number one overall pick. Um, he's kind of playing second fiddle with Connor McDavid there now, but – I think that would be a trade that I think Bill Armstrong should at least take a look at if, obviously, the Oilers are willing to get rid of, of Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, which that's been rumored in the past.
2: I I have such a hard time with that because of the fact that how – key goaltending has been in the NHL as recently and in the fact that this team really can't afford to go through like no matter what they're going to have to go through a rebuilding phase but the way that everything has turned out it's going to essentially be a rebuilding phase I don't think this team really has the ability to have the fact that they are going to be they don't have the Luxury of being absolute trash for a couple of years. This team needs to be making money and it needs to be growing its brand. And to be absolute trash for two, two, three, four—you know—even a five-year rebuild like they had previously, um, people sat through that the first time around. Sat through that the first five years, and I just don't think they have the patience to sit through that all over again. And I just would rather this team be able to have a goaltender that can keep them into games um, during this phase as opposed to, you know, just kind of dumping it all out there and trying to get a large return on him when he's the only thing that's of, like, actual pure quality that came out of the season.
0: And then maybe if you're the Coyotes, what you do is, if you do decide to trade Darcy Kemper, well, then you keep on to your onto, Right. Ronta is the guy that we were talking about earlier this season about being the guy that makes the most sense to trade because he's coming up on an expiring contract this next season. But if they do decide to trade Jarcy Kemper, you still got Ontiuranto now as your number one goaltender at least for a season.
2: Well, and Ontiuranto and- is also a difficult person in general because of the fact that you wish he had more trade quality than he has. He has such a history of injury that um it, it just ruins every bit of his trade ability. And so I wish that the Coyotes could trade him for a lot more than they could, but they they, they just can't. And um I mean that's a an also a worry for the team on their on that their side as well. Like you have to realize that with how injury prone he is how can you make him your number one goalie and know for sure that you can count on him because and get rid of you know a vesna type goalie like Kemper and really put all your eggs in that Ronta basket when Ronta literally skates the wrong way and injures himself for half a season
0: yeah, and that's that's something that Bill Armstrong is going to have to deal with. I I disagree with you a little bit in that I think Ontieronto would still fetch a very nice return if if a team came calling and that was what they decided to do and and trade Ontieronto. I because I think most teams still view him as a as a legit number one goaltender. He would be an upgrade for quite a few teams. I'm interested in Edmonton absolutely easy peasy number one goaltender there in edmonton calgary some of these other teams san jose for goodness sake he'd be a perfect fit in san jose and i think he would fetch a nice return from a lot of these places but even with his injury history because i think teams are banking on the fact that maybe this is the year he finally he finally stays healthy you know that's 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 something that the coyotes have to think about is if they do want to go with auntie ranta as their number one goalie if they do trade darcy kemper then aiden hill becomes the guy and we we didn't uh mention it uh, already but aiden hill signed a contract um a new contract earlier this week um to a one-way deal with the coyotes um so he essentially now becomes your your number two and he's like an okay goalie he's you know he's he's the backup he's going to be a lifelong backup he's never going to be a star in this league and so if, if ronta does get hurt and he's your number one then you go to aiden hill for 40 games next year and it's going to be a uh a, a tough season to watch
2: well and and to take that risk as a team and say like you know oh well maybe this is the it to me is like you know uh, someone who's in a relationship who and the other person's cheating on them and they're and it keeps happening and they're like, Oh, this is the this is the time. This is the time they're going to stop. They're not going to cheat on me this time. Like, no, if there's a history of something, you have to know that there's there's a probability it's gonna happen again. And I think that's what holds a lot of teams back. I mean if you are in a situation like you had said, like the where you desperately need a quality goaltender, you might be in the position to take that risk. But you know that it's a risk as you're going, and um, it just—it's the if you are in a situation where you are comfortable enough that you can take that risk, or if you're desperate enough to take that risk. But I feel like the people that are right in the middle there, that don't have that comfortability and aren't desperate enough, are the teams that will not take him because of that risk factor.
0: And there's uh, there's one more name to mention in trade rumors this week. And that is Nick Dromerson, who has been rumored to be linked to the Colorado avalanche of all teams. Um, He is, of course, on an expiring contract too. 2020-2021 will be – he's going to be owed $5 million. And again, another veteran defenseman that um, if they could fetch something for, maybe you do it. Uh, you get five million dollars off of your 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 cap. I mean he, he kinda makes sense to trade. Again, he's speaking of Auntie and Nick Jromson was hurt for a lot of this year, and you know, he's on the downside of his career. Um and it would suck to see him go, but I mean, again, a lot of these guys with expiring contracts, they make sense to trade in the offseason.
2: Yeah, and I mean, um, he he only p- produced 24 points over the last three seasons um he's not going to make like a in a significant contribution uh you know to the avalanche but they'll f- he'll fit in right where he basically is needed and he would be great on their penalty kill so um it it would make a lot of sense and so i could definitely see that move being made and it would makes sense on both sides it would just be really interesting to see who who or what they could get for him
0: yeah and then again as we talked about that, I think the overgrowing theme of this episode is that Bill Armstrong has a lot of question marks and a lot of things on his to-do list in the offseason coming up again the draft is uh, as we, we are recording 16 days away, which is wild, as we were just talking about game one of the Stanley Cup final earlier on Saturday night when we were recording. So, we got one more piece of Kyrie's needs to get to, and that is financial-related, unfortunately. And we've talked about some financial problems in the past over the last couple of weeks on the show, and we kind of poo-pooed them. It was like, all right, well, you know, it's not that big a deal. but when it comes to where you're going to play next year and the city of Glendale, then you go, Oh boy, here we go again. Do you have, do you, do you want to get to the details of this or or do you want me to take it?
2: So this is, um, kind of a, a clusterfuck if I was to literally drop it out to you guys, but, um, the team was supposed to pay $500,000 in rent in addition to other fees to the arena management company, ASM Global, which man- manages the city-owned venue by f- June 30th, which was the end of like their financial year. And um, then ASM shares that a piece of that funding with the city. In two of the past three years, ASM has paid the city... By June 30th, but Glendale is still waiting. The company has until the end of October to pay the city before it would be considered late for the contract. Um, so it amounts to 1.6 million. That is a payment that is made by the fiscal year is ended, and um, like that I was saying, which is was what June 30th. And um, they had sent a letter to um, the Coyotes, basically that they saying that they hadn't paid, it, they hadn't received their payment. And um, when reached for comment, they issued the statement that the team has been a long-standing partner of the arena, and we are working closely with them, as as is our normal course of business, to clarify the fee that the Coyotes pay ASM Global is more than three million. Glendale gets about $1.6 of that in their revenue-sharing agreement. So I know there's a lot of numbers that are swirling around here, but basically what it comes down to is the Coyotes pay ASM. ASM pays some money to Glendale per their agreement because of when everything was going on with um, all of glendale's anger because they paid all the money for the arena and they are in a fair amount of debt from that they are in what is it 183 million dollars in debt in 2003 and it spent they spend about 13 million each year paying that debt so um that's what that money goes to and basically the beginning of that line, which is the coyotes hasn't paid their share yet.
0: Yeah, this is apparently, according to Craig Morgan, they're going to talk about this on the, at the Glendale city council meeting on Tuesday and we'll get more information there. Um, You know, we know how fickle this relationship between the coyotes and the city of Glendale is. And I'm worried things don't escalate, you know, I'm worried, or I'm worried things escalate, sorry, in this situation. I don't want to speculate too much about it I, other than what you just said and getting into the facts of the case. But it's just something to, to keep an eye on. And this is a sports-wide issue too because there was a story in The Athletic today about the Philadelphia Phillies in Major League Baseball signing a loss of more than $145 million this year and similar budget projections absent a a coronavirus vaccine in 2021, the Phillies this week began the process to, quote, meaningfully reduce our costs as an organization by offering many full-time employees a buyout package. The team's ownership had pledged to not impose layoffs through October 31st, but multiple club sources indicate layoffs are now expected in addition to the buyouts. Um, Most baseball officials are under contract, blah, 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 blah. blah. those areas of the organization could be reduced in November. Expiring contracts terminate October thirty first. So this is a, a sports wide issue here and the fallout is gonna continue. And we don't we won't know the full impact of this until until everything's resolved, right? We won't know it until there's a vaccine, until we get more fans in the stands, what the impact is going to be, because the impact is going to be long-lasting, I think, across the sports landscape, including the Coyotes.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of seasons where, whether it's baseball that got pushed back or hockey that got literally cut off, you know, and they cut out the rest of their season, and then they came back. When they came back, they came back without fans. So, you're in these situations that you've never been in before as an organization. You're not particularly sure how you're supposed to make up any of that money. And it's an issue that's happened to everyone. Like it's happened from every type of business you can think of. I mean, you got to think about what, you know, gyms and such are going through here in Arizona after they've now been opened again and, and, there's not as many people going to the gym. You know, there's so many different um, companies and so many different factors um, that lead to this. And it just, it's really rough to see. And I think it's hard that it comes back to Glendale because of the fact that the coyotes have had such a hard time with Glendale. Glendale has held a grudge from the coyotes from basically day one. And so they didn't really want the team there in the beginning and they don't want the team there now. And they will use any excuse they can to try and get the team out of there. That's it just proves, I think more than anything that this team needs to move out of Glendale and get to a new arena that can help them um, financially with, you know, more fans, better location for people to be able to come to games better And, um, you know, to just get as far away from Glendale as possible, like that relationship needs to end and everyone just needs to move on with that one because, um, it's situations like this where you need cities to be on your side and, uh, Glendale has definitely never been, um, a friend of the Coyotes.
0: Yep. That's 100% true. That's what makes me so worried about this particular situation but again tuesday at the glendale city council meeting we should find out more information about what the what this all entails what it's all about what the ramifications may be okay before we go we should probably mention the fact that Uh, On Friday night, we learned about the death of one of the most incredible women in the history of the United States of America, Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was, of course, an associate justice on the Supreme Court for the last 25 plus years. Um, Man, it hit like a ton of bricks on, on Friday night. You know, we hoped that this day would never come in a way. But I want to, I want to, uh, if you don't know much about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there's a great documentary on Hulu. It's called RBG, and it's like a documentary about her life and all the cases she worked on. She is, she was an absolutely incredible woman, and the United States of America and the Supreme Court is going to be worse off without her sitting on the bench.
2: Absolutely. I have been dreading this day for so long. Every time she goes in the hospital for something, every time something happens with one of her cancers, bless that woman who has gone through more cancer between her and her husband uh, than anyone should have to go through. But, um, you know, every single time I would wait with bated breath to see, um, you know, how she's doing. And I knew this day would come, but it didn't make it hurt any less. Um When I finally found out, and it it 's very sad that it 's come to this point in our in our country too and and i don 't like to get political on things but i I do have to say that you know in the end, if there 's anything you can ever do for someone it 's always to honor their their last wish so um that will be my last thing to say is you know always. Honor the last wish of of those who are passing, especially someone who dedicated their life to being, um, you know, a, a public servant to our country and to the people of this country, and making sure that we are we keep our humility in every way that we possibly can. So um, I hope she rests in peace. She is an absolute legend, and I hope that her legacy lives on. forever and that you know we can have a hamilton style um broadway what are they broadway performances broadway plays what are they plays plays? musicals musicals i thank you uh broadway musical that is like hamilton style of like the you know three thousands you know like Way, way down the road, I hope that there's something super cool like that where she's still even remembered to that day.
0: That is very well said. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. But before we go, several things. Number one, go to our Instagram and our Twitter page. We have links up there for our merch. Go buy it. We have some shirts and some masks and some other cool stuff up in the store there, including our Darcy, Darcy, Darcy shirt, which you should probably get now before he gets traded. (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately
2: damn that's uh, that's really just dis- sad to
0: think about I don't even want to think about it <laughs> uh, number two you can follow the network at hockeypotnet and number three guess what movie is on as we are recording I just turned it on I don't know The Last Jedi I'm not responding to that <laughs> Good night and good hockey, everybody.